Welcome to Life and Leadership. I believe in creating community, connections, and creating space to be curious. This podcast aims to take you on a conscious journey through quality, diverse, innovative content and conversation. My hope is that we create a circle of influence, a transcendency of compassionate leadership in the world and wider universe. Welcome to episode seven, from individualistic leadership to conscious leadership. Trade and markets are necessary to any form of collective well-being. The shaping of markets to benefit corporate welfare over the well-being of people and planet, however, is unacceptable to me. I believe in and work for a world that is sensitive to maintaining a fulcrum point based on the well-being of people and planet. This podcast is an expression of this commitment and my willingness to share my explorations of research into leadership. In the face of seemingly intractable conversations that prioritize corporate over social and environmental welfare, we are experiencing an intensification of legacies of deprivation associated with systemic social fragmentation and environmental deprivation. Such legacies of deprivation are increasingly associated with the form of capitalistic dynamics intensifying the world over, regardless of whether economic achievements in a nation are on the rise or in decline. I choose not to stand silently and witness to this exacerbating deprivation. I aspire to contribute to its transformation. To contribute by changing the engagement of leaders in conversations that might intensify commitment or the direction of their actions around social environmental decline. Decision time. There are times when it's important to walk away from normalized ways of thinking. This episode is about sharing conclusions and contributions to local and global understandings involving humans and non-humans. In this episode, I invite you to think beyond your human-centeredness. Think about leading from self-organizing from self-organizing to making with. Think about human and non-human encounters. There has been an increasing interest in the inclusion of the non-human world, our fellow earth-born creatures, and the dynamic, multifaceted encounters and dialogues we engage in. Times of multi-species relations and raising awareness around the complex multi-species phenomena. Open avenues of awareness around the interactions of humans and non-humans. Daring and original thinker Donna Haraway is the author of Staying with Trouble. She calls for critical response to these troubling times of multi-species, including humans the urgency of the great mass death and extinction of on-rushing disasters. In her 2016 book, she reconceptualizes the current epoch as one which all species at stake to each other work together. Today is the time of beginnings, a time for ongoing, she says, to work together across species to render each other capable of flourishing. As Frost and Zelenska call for a time to forcibly challenge the masculinist approach that privileges humans 
over creatures and maintains fantasies of mastery, control, and rationality. In concert with Haraway, the current earthly crisis demands that we learn to appreciate such complex and collective ways of inhabiting this earth. Recognizing the multiple others and our shared existence brings us all earthly travelers, those familiar and unfamiliar to us, is a necessity of living. We are here to live and die on this earth. We cannot escape our humanness or taking the non-human into account. There is a connection and a dependency on earth that makes us kin, not kind, according to Donna Haraway. In today's world, we need leaders who are responsive, navigators and cultivators of connectedness, both socially, environmentally, and willing to network with humans and non-human collaborations. Haraway calls us to the quest for response ability to take up the unasked for obligations of having met, taking an active part in the common wielding. Once noticed, these phenomena become examinable by the rational mind. You become very absorbed in the extraordinary environment you come to engage with. Autopoesis, since the dawn of time. Autopoesis describes a self-motivated living organization and living systems. Autopoesis is designed as a self-serving system, continuously reproducing itself within the boundaries of its own making. It's a theory of living organization. My favorite reading comes from Capra and Luisa and Maturana and Varela. There will be citations at the end of the transcript. These theories focus on the presence of self-constructing phenomena of living systems and organizations. They are materially and energetically open while necessarily closed in their dynamic states of self-construction. The self-construction phenomena, I propose, contributes to the everyday dialogue. At first dominated, the self-replication of the sacred money market story, defined by David Corton, there is a potential to build on the contractions evident in the storying and restoring by consciously interrupting the self-serving, conserving flow to question. Querying further what's being said potentially could contribute to opening opportunities for expanded knowing of what segments of the community were experiencing or where there was a lack of knowledge complicated by the unwillingness to collect statistics in a timely manner. Levantin, a biologist working outside of the area of autopoiesis mentions that the atmosphere that we all breathe was not on Earth before living organisms. Levantin notes that there is no environment in some independent and abstract sense because, and I quote, organisms construct their own environments out of the bits and pieces of the physical and biological world, and they do so by their own abilities. Thus, Levantin's interconnectivity of living organisms and the environment and the Gaia theory by Lovelock connects human and non-human, although I highlight the value of autopoesis because, as Maturana Varela wrote, living systems are cognitive systems and living as a process is a process of cognition. And worthy of noting, Margaret Wheatley states that 
Life is about creation, and the ability of life to generate itself is encapsulated in the term autopoesis. From early childhood, I have been conscious of non-human social systems. The presence of self-constructing phenomena of living systems and organizations is present in many forms, like seeds, like new thoughts. By giving attention to being conscious can give rise to a series of positive new actions for higher good and recognition of our interconnectivity on many levels. I set a clear intention and I'm totally responsible for purposely making a contribution to dialogue. I like to promote the potential of autopoesis because it meets the need for a new paradigm. Uh, As Capra and Louisa put it, a holistic worldview, seeing the world as an integrated whole rather than a dissociative collection of parts. I align with Mahalis and Sanchez. I agree that the 21st century needs a theory of knowledge and organizational thinking that is different from the reductionist approaches relied on to date. Autopoesis provides an opportunity to hear other contributors to the story and do it with leadership. As Barad puts it, Karen Barad, we are part of nature. We are also of the storytelling nature is doing. And the intra-activity means we're not outside the storytelling, nor observers of the world. This is not a new concept. Illa Prigonin and Isabel Stengers, who authored Order Out of Chaos, the subtitle Man's New Dialogue with Nature, introduced the idea of expanding the dialogue of quantum storytelling to capture the appearances of nature as they arise in wind or song. As Capra and Louisa note, our common language is rich in expressions about acting consciously, that being in critical awareness, rather than being unconscious. They call for us to be awake in full possession of our cognitive faculties or showing social consciousness that is, being aware of social environmental problems. Logic does not lead us from the fact that we are an integral part of the web of life, but to the understandings of the norms of how we should live and breathe. One thing I know for sure, the sacred money market story, as defined by David Corton, does not let me breathe easy. Capra and Louisa take up the question of how to characterize the living, and new conception in their book, The System's View of Life, A Unifying Vision. Through the use of the term autopoesis, coined by Maturana and Varela, they identify the self-constructing phenomena of the living system and organizations. I think the sacred earth through nature offered herself up as a participant in my doctoral research through the voice of songbirds, the whistling frogs, and the many hurricane storms. These contributors qualified as non-human participants in my doctoral research. Moving from autopoesis, that being self-organizing, to sympoesis, that being to make with, multi-species feminist theorist Donna Jean Haraway created the concept of sympoesis. She invites us to think about individualism to relations with others, human and not unexpected collaborations and combinations. Conscious stewardship calls for leaders to build relationships that inspire, think trust, and create sustainable investment, think interdependence. The opportunity lies in creating 
a diverse web of neo-tribes, of emerging and re-emerging leaders, an alliance of visionaries. Haraway provides a worthy reminder of kinship to our companion species family and its many-layered history of cohabitation. She highlights the problem of discourse between people and companion species collectively, while noting how important it is to find ways for the stories to be told with our co-evolution, with nature cultures, and tangled cat's cradles of technoscience studies among companion species. Building on Haraway's metaphor of the cat's cradle suggests a rhythm of relay back and forth, playing a string of figures, is about receiving as well as adding something new. Moreover, as a form of collective creativity that can be played by many, Haraway considers that embracing individualism in philosophy, politics, and science has become truly no longer thinkable. Rather, hers is a method of thinking with multiple others across disciplines and in continued collaboration. Are you leaning into your legacy with ecological devastation? Multiple species feminist theorist. Haraway offers fresh thinking around our relations to the earth and her inhabitants. The current epoch is one in which humans and non-humans are inextricably linked and demands sympoesis or making with, instead of autopoesis or self-making. Haraway calls us to endure and stay with the trouble of living and dying together on a damaged planet. Doing this, she says, will path the way to building more livable futures. The stands of time and the enduring presence of digital residue leave no doubt of the footprints you will leave behind over time. Conscious engagement with your digital voice is critical today. As Karen Barra puts it, Heard and Capra and Louisa claim human and non-human communication is not passive. A colour concurs, conversation across species occurs continually to reconfigure material ways of going and knowing. David Bohm suggests to Joseph Jaworski that we should compare dialogue to superconductivity. Bohm explained that superconductivity, electrons cooled to a very slow temperature, act more like a coherent whole than as separate parts. They flow around obstacles without colliding with one another, creating no resistance and very high energy. At high temperatures, however, they begin to act like separate parts, scattering into random movement, losing momentum. David Bohm went on to explain that with dialogue, the goal is to create a special environment in which a different kind of relationship among parts can come into play. This special environment reveals both high energy and high intelligence. He went on to clarify that this was, in a sense, the field forming as we entered into true dialogue, in a place for ideal speech. As elusive wings send turbulence over my shoulders, ripples of energy propel me always onwards. I do not always have the language or lexicon for the sensing of something yet to be understood regarding my experience. David Bogey describes this as an experience not yet explained. At this stage, I do not know if my experience was an instance of the touch of the tetranormatizing butterfly. Originally drawn by Bogey, the wings on this butterfly divide into four quadrants. The top left holding social cultural fractals. 
the bottom left, the ecology and quality fractals. At the top right, the earth. And as a boardroom table depicts trade fractals, then bottom right showing the economy accounting fractals of the market. In closing, I invite you to take choices, not chances. Consider how do the global scripts interjected into local beliefs, norms and values, legitimizing its goals over the needs of the human and non-human stakeholders? Can you identify both the human and non-human voices challenging the dominant narrative and their entry into the conversation through their living storytelling? Can you recognize human and non-human stories showing up in the entanglement of space, time, matter? As a steward of meaningful leadership in the world and wider cosmos, I have a passion for service through sharing wisdom, strength, and hope. Thank you for the opportunity to foster open conversation, discussions, and an exchange of ideas that create understanding and connection among diverse groups. Your support is valued. Please subscribe, leave a review, and a rating. More importantly, share with your connections. Thank you.